Hi, and welcome to this edition, uh, edition even of Up the Poly, the podcast for North Shields Athletics Club. Um, this week, my guest is Kat Johnston, who is the Poly's only wheelchair athlete, as, as far as I know. Um, and we've we've had a little bit of a chat and swapped a bit of information. Uh, I'm really looking forward to hearing Kat's story. Um, she was telling me that she's first inspired to get into this by watching Tony Gray John Thompson back in um, in Sydney in the year 2000. So it'd be really interesting to hear about Kat's journey from that point to now. So um, evening, Kat, how are you? Yeah, very well, thank you. How are you? I'm very well, thanks. I'm, I'm massively appreciative that you're doing this. Uh, I'm really keen to ask you just to get things started. Um, when you watched Tony all those years ago, what was it like? What did it, how did it make you feel? I guess I've, I'm, if anyone who knows me will know I'm not a particularly, like I don't really have wheelchair friends. I don't know anybody in a wheelchair, I'm just me. Mm. And um, I think I watched, and obviously 21 years ago, disability sport wasn't really a thing. You know, it wasn't like it is now. Mm. You know, these days there's obviously the big wheelchair superstars, like obviously Tani herself, but obviously people like Hannah Cockcroft and all those mm. people that these days are major household names. Yeah. Obviously, as a little girl growing up, there was none of that. There was nobody. You know, it wasn't a known thing, was it? Tanny, I guess. And I guess I just watched it and thought, wow, is that cool? You know, and just, mm. I, you know, I grew up and PE lessons weren't really a thing. Yeah. I either went swimming or I was a netball coach. Right. So this was something so, different and so mind-blowing. You know, yeah, and just, oh, wow, what this is something that I've never seen, and it's really cool, and I'd really like to do this. Was it something... And then I remember a couple of years right. later. Go on, sorry. We've got a bit of a delay, so sometimes we, we, we'll trip over okay. to a bit here, so yeah. I'll show up and let you talk. <laughs> oh, so a few, a few years later, I got my mum, obviously, I went on about this at some length, I'm sure. My mum bought me Tanny's autobiography which I will still tell you is probably one of my favourite books. And if anybody wants to read it and feel inspired, give me a yeah. shout because it's an excellent read. Always on the lookout for decent reads. So, yeah, consider it added to the list, definitely. And I think I just read it and thought, she's just like me. You know, mm. we have the same disability. We very much, I think, have a similar outlook, which is just don't let it stop you. Mm. And it was, you know... It was just, you know, she was just a normal person. And it was really cool. And I mean, I remember, so I would have been, when that, well, how old was I went in 2000? So probably, how old was I? Um, 27, I think. And I remember what, well, just Tani Gray as she was then, was the, was the only, not just like, was the only wheelchair athlete I could name, only Paralympian or, para, 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 you know, that I could name at all. And, I, I couldn't tell you what distances she did. I know she did the London Marathon. I couldn't tell you anything else. It's just a name that you knew, synonymous. And it was, it was, and there was definitely a force of personality there. So, but for years there was no, well, to, to somebody like me that wasn't across it, there was nobody else. There, there will have been other people, clearly. She wasn't competing on her own, but but there was just nobody else. So was there a point where that changed? Was there an event or did it just happen gradually as far as you see it? I guess I think it probably happened gradually. I know, obviously, I think in because this country, probably London 2012 had a huge yeah. 
you know, when the people like Dave Weir, but I think Dave Weir, would come, from what I know from now, kind of chatting to Tani, who I now know, I think Dave Weir had competed for years, but obviously probably not as a big name, whereas obviously yeah. these days David Weir is a big name, isn't he, in British sport? Yeah. And I suspect, I know London, London 2012 certainly had a big impact, wasn't it? Because, you know, the Paralympics won mainstream television and, mm. you know, people went to watch and it was suddenly, wow, how cool are these people, you know? Yeah, me and Alison went. And um, suddenly it wasn't. We couldn't get tickets for the Olympics. Well I, well, I was working in London at the time, so I got tickets to go to the Olympics. It's really annoyed, Alison. Um, I mean, I was down there all week anyway. So I, I, I just went and I watched the football final and I watched a few other bits and bobs. Um, but then the appetite before it was there, and I'll be honest, it was like, I don't want the Olympics to end. Oh, the Paralympics are on. Right, let's get some tickets. So we got tickets and we went and it, it was packed. The Olympic Park was swarming. It was it was I, imperceptible compared to the the mainstream Olympics, if you can call it that. I don't know what the appropriate term is, but certainly the the the, the uh, more long-standing event. And um, it was just it felt like a bit of a watershed to to an ignoramus like me. So it's interesting to to hear you say that as well. But yeah, it was it was a yeah. I mean, as I, I'm not a big. I mean, I'm not. I don't have that. As I said to you, I don't have a lot of contacts with the kind of disability world, as you call it. You know, right. I really don't know anybody. You know, I grew mm -hmm. up, I went to mainstream school, I went to mainstream university. I really, yeah. I mean, I've got a few friends now from knowing various people, but really, I don't know any. Literally, I think the first person that I vividly remember meeting in a wheelchair was Tani, age 16. I'm, you know, I'm, I say, I'm not, I'm not going to let that that pass i mean they, you can't just drop into the conversation oh i know her now and, let, and expect <laughs> not to ask you about that yeah. you, so talk to me about that then come on name dropper <laughs> so um eight, okay this is kind of this this two stories age 16 i had a fantastic PE teacher who was actually the head of year of my school and i think he make i think because Tani, Tani, Tani lives in, used to live in Redcar, so she's not actually from a million oh. miles or she doesn't live a million miles away from here so um yeah so and i think mr andrews who was the p teacher at the time who's our head of year i think either knew tanny through an athletics club or had some contact with her and obviously must have told him her about me so i met her at age 16 very naively i think in hindsight wish i'd said oh how do i get into this but hmm. when you're 16 and a bit starstruck you obviously don't really do a great deal and then about 18 months ago I, in Newcastle train station I Alex and I were going on a train to London Alex my husband and um I was like Alex there's Tammy as you and you can imagine my like oh my goodness <laughs> and we kept having this eye contact yeah. and I said to her you don't know who I am do you and she's like no I've met you before obviously very long time ago and basically we had a chat on the train from Newcastle to Darlington sitting in the wheelchair carriage, which was obviously very cool. And yeah. my little world of like, and then she said, oh, you know, I'll be in, I'll be watching the Great North Run and I'll cheer you on. And I was like, oh my goodness. Awesome. And then a few weeks later, my wheelchair broke. I don't know, you may have known of her. And I, that was summer of 2019, my wheelchair broke a lot. Anyway, I was meant to do the red car half, mm. but and so I'd kind of been messaging this guy and he was like, oh, 
you know, do you have a racing wheelchair? Blah, blah, blah. And he was like, oh, I can probably um, get what you want type thing. And I thought, I have one, don't worry. Anyway, when it broke and he, and it really, you know, my, um, get my, basically my brake snapped outside Time Mouth Aquarium. Oh, gosh. So I was completely stranded with a broken wheelchair. And then because of this, I messaged that guy and was like, oh, you mentioned wheelchair. You know, I've trained really, really hard for the Great North Run. Is there still a possible ability? And that person was held the wheelchairs was was Tani, his husband, Ian. So oh. I then got to know Ian. And therefore, I've met them a few times since then. So, yeah, small world. Yeah. But brilliant, the fact that you got that kind of support. I'm... I'm interested in the chair itself because yeah. again, I, there must be an awful. Clearly, there's a lot to it, but how would you describe not just the chair, but how how you had to? I mean, again, I'm going to ask a question based on no knowledge. I assume that you you'd have to learn to use it, given that it's not your everyday one. So, is there a lot? I imagine there's a lot of technique to it because it looks like bloody yeah. hard work. <laughs> it is bloody hard work. Um, you just anybody that uh, that runs with me regularly, probably even Alison Hills, are not my friends. I know you, we yeah. messaged before about my class of hill and your class of hill. It's very different. Yeah, I, I think I, it is a bit, I put my but, foot in it it's straight away by saying bloody coast really flat, and you're like, uh, I think it, I think you'll find it's not if you're in a chair. <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah, you try you try you try push, push. I mean, Rake Lane is my particular nemesis. Uh, As you can imagine, I can, yeah. I live That's just by there, and yeah. Um, but, but um, yeah, I don't actually, I'm going to be honest, I don't have the correct pushing technique. It's something that I need to learn. So there right. is a real pushing technique, which I don't currently have. But obviously, it's really hard to learn, particularly during lockdown, when you can't go and see somebody or you right. can't have somebody properly watch you. So that's something I need to learn properly. But even in terms of what I have got, so my chair. The original chair I had when I first joined the poly was a chair that was secondhand. Mm. So um, I got, I went finally went to uni and still hadn't got involved in wheelchair racing. And basically, I had a chance meeting with a guy called Rob Elchuk, who is he's coach cerebral palsy athletes, and actually they've won Paralympic medals. Um, anyway, and he was is a big inspiration in my little world. Um, and he basically said to me, oh, there's a wheelchair training day in Bath, where I went to university. Do you want to go along? And I was like, yeah, let's go. Anyway, and basically the wheelchair that I had, the guy was like, oh, if you can name it, you can have it. I was like, cool, <laughs> it's called Ruby. Thanks. Because <laughs> it was second hand and, and we went to bro making where they make them. They left for about 18 months ago and they laughed at my chair. They were like, this is a relic. This needs to go to a museum somewhere. I was like, oh. Chunks. Yeah, no, so I mean, you know, it got me on the great northward and it did all these other things, but yeah, it's currently sitting in my garage as a you know, it's my head's so sentimental to me that chair, yeah, that, yeah. but so yeah, there is, there is a lot of different techniques, there's different muscles. Mm. So I now kneel and I lean a lot further forward, so it's different muscles in your back and your shoulders compared to the everyday chair. Because the chair I had before was more like your everyday chair. Uh-huh. So you kneel and you're having to, so you presume your body's upright yeah. or are you forward? How does, how no, does you, you, kind of picture much, it? you lean much further forward. Yeah. 
So you so look really far forward. It's, so it's going to be shoulders and triceps, I imagine. Oh, God, I'm, I'm aching just yeah, thinking about yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Bloody hell. Yeah. So, so, I mean, very like, different from running, yeah. I have seen, I mean, I've been in, I've been out training at the club when you've been there, and I've always marveled at the, the kind of maneuverability of it as well, because yeah, they're long things, aren't they? You know, because that's the, to my, you know, ignorant, yeah. that's the key difference. They're quite long, but front wheel sticking out. And you think, really, how are you going to maneuver that? But it looks, <laughs> it looks when you, you're using it. It, they're pretty manoeuvrable. I'm quite, quite astonished, actually. I mean, I mean, it must be quite a lot of engineering going on in there. It, and I suppose one question yeah. I, I would I have in mind is, how does it, how does it sort of become yours? Do you do you do you make lots of changes to it so it very much is is, is adapted to you, or do you have to adapt to it? So um, a bit of both. Um, so the chair I have now, the poly actually gave me some money. As you can imagine, we basic wheelchairs are not cheap. I dare say, yeah. You know, they're very they're very specialist equipment. And yeah. um, basically, I went to Loughborough, and there's a place called Bro Making that makes racing wheelchairs, and mm -hmm. they make it especially for you. So okay. it's completely personally adapted. And then one of my trips to see Tani and Ian. Um, if you ever look at my racing chair. It's basically got hot, like it's bored out because um, they they fit it. So Ian and Tani then helped make it even more custom to me. Right. So yeah, it's got bits like basically bits of the seat just torn out. So obviously you would you adapt to it by the way, but obviously you get different muscles and things. Yeah. But obviously it's also made for you. It's also a hell of a lot lighter than it looks. Right. So it looks obviously really cumbersome, yeah. Yeah, but yeah. it's actually really light, which really makes it quite aerodynamic i think you can sort of tell that as, a, as a somebody who doesn't know anything just when you when you see you in it when you particularly when you change direction um because i remember once I, I, we we're on the prom i think and you went around a tight bend uh and i thought because and i was actually i was running behind you and i thought oh, i better give you a wide berth and, and, and all the rest of it and as i was trying to work out where to go you're gone <laughs> so, all right okay because i just thought <laughs> this is going to be a bit of a maneuver um and you've gone i thought all oh, right and it just looked really maneuverable and, and, and like a you know like a serious piece of kit so yeah great i'm glad it's a and can't think of anything better for the poly to sort of muck in with as well but what i am intrigued about is is as i'm intrigued about so much but the um what the actual events that you take part in do you tend to take part in the events that are for wheelchair and non-wheelchair athletes do you do wheelchairs events only or i mean what's that scene like indeed if, is is there one and, how, and to what degree do you take part in it i mean i'm really not an expert i'm sure you could you know i just i'd like you know i'm a good fun runner at the end of the day you know i'm never going to be had a croft and that's fine so i mean my scene is probably you probably know nearly as much as i do so Obviously, I've done the Great North Road and um, was really lucky that I got a wheelchair start for that. And actually, I've got a wheelchair start for that this year. So I get, I'm part, I've got an elite wheelchair start. So you go right at the front, which obviously is great. Yeah. Because as you can imagine, you're trying to be in the masses. God. So do you go early yeah. then? Do they set the wheelchair athletes yeah, off so for the, the main field? Yeah, so the wheelchair races go off first. So obviously, to give you a clear road. Yeah, um, get, you, get you out of there, yeah. Wow. And actually, some and um, when I and I did Sunderland 10k a few years ago, they did the same. I mean, I've only done a handful of races because obviously right. I'm not trained for that long. And then obviously, COVID, you know, so yeah. everything yeah. stopped. Yeah. 
Um, but um, so, uh, I mean, I probably did literally three or four races properly. Um, but there's a lot of races that actually probably which could be wheelchair friendly, but mm. they don't allow wheelchairs, which can be really frustrating. Yeah, I think obviously it would, it's quite a lot of work, actually work for them. But actually things like Sunderland, they're like, oh yeah, it's fine. You just go at the front. We'll mm. give you two minute head start and off you go. Yeah, well, and that was great. Awesome. Whereas other places, it's like, no, we won't let you. Obviously, terrain is also a really big thing. Yeah, I was going to ask you about. You know, I've not been to Great North from, but but what's that like in a wheelchair? Because people say it's a net downhill course, but I know the course. Um, it's got climbs on it. And what are they like? Uh, yeah. Oh, I mean the the year. I the, the John Reed Road. Yeah, I wanted to be sick, cry, oh, no. give up, everything else. I mean, oh, it is a downhill good. course. And obviously the downhills in a racing wheelchair are fantastic. Yeah. You know, they are literal freewheeling. It's amazing. You can go to speed, yeah, it's really good fun. Yeah. However, going uphill is a slog. Purgatory. You know, you put every look. Yeah. And if I if you ever if anybody ever runs with me, they'll know that I will run away, you know, I'll run out way yeah. ahead downhill and then uphill, they all have to wait for me. And that's just unfortunate. You know, the difference in pace. Yeah, it's obviously ridiculous up and down a hill, but yeah, so, it was so hard. In, in your and as, so, as you've done this over the years, um, you know, a, a few races, but a long history of getting involved in it. Um, what are the sort of standout moments for you when you when you think back to what you've done? It, it doesn't have to be a race or anything that is of you know is obviously remarkable, but for you personally. Were there any moments in doing this that you thought this is just this is great this is this is really helping me or this is this is significant? It would be the Great North Run 2019, yeah. which um, I so I did it when I was I got into wheelchair racing when I was at a university in mm. like 2011, and did my first 10k on grass. Uh, yeah, that sounds exactly that. that sounds a bit off didn't really realize yeah. obviously was a complete novice had no idea yeah I still I think I'm still traumatized <laughs> I did it in one hour I did a 10k in one hour 36 um on grass anyway yeah, that sounds painful and that was yeah it was anyway but yeah no, but then unfortunately in 2012 I got really sick and had glandular fever and didn't mm. run for years and then he started be running in 2018 but I always said, I'll be well when I finish the Great North Run. And it was always something that I was like, when I finish oh, the Great North Run, I'm officially well, you know, yeah. I'm officially better, it's fine. And then obviously in 2019, got into the poly and had a crazy race at Great North Run. And so that was always very, that was really special to me because it was always like, yeah. I'm well when I finish it. Yeah. And then obviously did some crazy time, which don't, still don't really see how it happened. What and you, then how long did it take you? I'm, I'm intrigued. Uh, one hour 33. <laughs> so you weren't hanging about then. <laughs> yeah, you meant that. Yeah, still, yeah. still to this day, don't really understand how it happened. That, that's I mean, else. I don't know what happened that day. Some, something happened that day and yeah. I don't understand. Every, every runner. It was fantastic. Every runner will have a day when it all comes together. I think irrespective of your discipline, every athlete you know whether it's a thrower a runner a wheelchair athlete whatever there are those days that are magic aren't they where for some reason it all clicked the the, the, the desire the, the the 
your physical state, the conditions are, and they are brilliant days. And it's nice to, to hear you've had one and you had it at such a, a, a marquee event as well, you know, and the, the, the big local event. I mean, what, what's it like going around the course ahead of the, the, the mass pack in a chair at speed? I mean, what, what's the vibe like? Are people, are people out and about and waiting for you? Or is it, does that sort of, is it a bit before the, you know, before the, uh, the sort of mass event? I think it's not that far before, it's about half an hour before, oh, so actually there are lots of people around, yeah. so you know, it's not, and actually living in the northeast and working in the local hospital, mm. I know quite, you know, I know quite a few people who are obviously yeah. out on the course, I did have an amazing moment of being passed at mile 11 by Mo Farah. Nice! <laughs> Brilliant. So I did have, I did, I did have to stop and clap, because I was like, it's slow. <laughs> You know yeah. when you're like, this yeah. is crazy. This is actually crazy. There's Mo. Right. And you did know, you, was you, it? I mean, was it literally a case of? Yeah, and and did you? I mean, it's a silly question because I'm guessing you don't have a rear view mirror, um, or do you? I don't know. But was it a case of you only knew when he was passed, sort of thing? You know, he just he just. So I saw the race car, race car, and you could hear of the applause. On yeah. the crowds because it was going up the John Reed Road, right. and obviously all the crowds are on the John Reed Road, aren't they? You could hear the applause coming, and we're like, "What on earth is this?" Yeah, something's afoot. And then I looked behind me, and I was like, <laughs> "Oh, goodness, it's Mo." So I like stopped and clapped. Oh, good like, on you! It's not every day in your life you get passed on a race by Mo Farah. Yeah, yeah, but yeah, well, you beat him to eleven miles, you know. I mean, that's none of us can say that. So, oh, brilliant. So, what have you got I anything mean, lined up? Before. Well, you know, it's just trifling detail. <laughs> of, um, so <laughs> what what have you got? Um, have you got anything lined up? I mean, have you been thinking about what to do post lockdown? Or I mean, actually, first before I ask you that, what's lockdown been down? What's lockdown been like for you in terms of your your running and just generally? You know, how's it? How have you found it? Um, it's kept me sane. I'd put it that way. I work in. Uh, obviously working in the hospital so mm-hmm. lockdown been pretty stressful to be honest mm-hmm. and running has definitely kept me sane and actually it's probably I know some people have said they felt a lot kind of removed from the poly I'd actually say I've made a lot of good friends within the poly during lockdown because it's the one thing we can do you know yeah. you can go for a run with a friend yeah and actually that's definitely kept me sane I would say during you know because you're not really supposed to go very far you're not really supposed you know you're only allowed to see one person mm-hmm. for a lot of it and it keeps you sane. So yeah, I've run a, so actually for me, lockdown has probably made me closer to a lot of people. Mm. Um, but also, um, yeah, so it's been all right. Although I've had to have avoided the coast entirely, yeah. particularly the weekends. The coast and the coast and wheelchairs, as you can sure you can imagine, are not the easiest. At the best of times. So yeah. I mean, I I I for I've done the same. I found I've, when I've occasionally, I live in Tynemouth, when I've occasionally ventured onto the coast, I've regretted it because I find myself running in the road. Um, so Evan knows what it's like in a yeah. chair because it's bad enough just running. Yeah. The, you know. So, um, yeah, I can totally understand why you've done that. And and certainly the last couple Although of Although I did love Yeah, I loved it when they had the cycle path last year. You know, they had the amazing oh, cycle course. path from, from yeah, Bangor to yeah. Bay. Very controversial oh, opinion, didn't was it? Was the dream? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, it was. In, yes, it was very controversial. For me, it was the it was wonderful yeah. because it was basically no people, 
you know, you didn't have to try and, you know, everybody out for their walks. Yeah, you didn't have to try and swerve. Yeah, plenty of space. Obviously, roads are really nice, smooth surface as well. Yeah. Well, we've got young kids and we've, chair, we've took them so, on yeah, the and you know when when you're nervous about your kids on bikes and you want them to have a bit of space and you know you know it was for us it was amazing so I can well imagine yeah for you it must have been something else so uh, it'd be good to, do you do you do Strava stuff because it'd be interesting to see if you've got a segment or two on on that because you know, I have got a couple of going going down hills yeah yeah a couple of like ridiculous things <laughs> uh, I think that's fair enough. Yeah. Like going, going going down Rake Lane, I think is a. Yeah. You can imagine yeah. going the right going the right way down Rake Lane. Yeah, yeah. Is, is yeah, it's good fun. Because it's it's down, it's not steep, is it? I mean, it feels it when you're coming up it. More for you than than for me. Uh, you know, because <laughs> I mean, I I did the Cookson 10k sort of virtual thing. At the, I'm no, I'm not a 10k racer at the best of times, and going up that, uh, I was I was in. I was not happy. Um, so, and we've already said, you know, a lot harder for you. But coming, it's not so steep though that coming down it might. It doesn't sound hair raising. It sounds perfect, I guess. Uh, it's just a nice enough gradient, yeah, it's, and, it's, and it's, it's a good, beautiful. a good wide path as well, isn't it? There's plenty of space, so yeah. to see you tearing down there. Yeah, going down Ray Lane, yeah, going down Ray Lane, or going down, you know, from High Point down to Spanish City. That's yes. Yeah. You know the. That's awesome. Yeah, that's really nice too. So, and I mean, yeah. you must, a bit like cyclists, I guess, you must be very conscious of the quality of the surface as well. I mean, I don't think, I, I'm, I'm never yeah. that bothered about it, but but for you, it, you'll feel every bump, I'm guessing. Yeah, yeah. So, so yeah, so things like the, the, the prom and things, and exactly that's why the cycle path last year was so good, because obviously the roads are really nicely tarmacked. Mm. But actually, even, to be honest, just the general coastline from... We know we're really lucky that obviously you can basically run from Timeout to Whitley Bay without having to cross a road. Yeah. Which is always yeah. wonderful. Yeah. Because you know, yeah. trying to cross, you know where the big Morrisons is, and there's the they um we try to cross the road on Preston Road. Oh god, really, yeah, yeah. You know, trying to cross a road in it can be pretty hairy, I have to say. Yeah. I mean side road as well. I mean, you're gonna side roads are gonna be a I mean, just thinking about the my everyday running yes. routes. But trying to imagine what it's like if you're in a chair, I guess it's one of those things that you know a, a, a drop curve isn't either here nor there. But you, I guess, you have to be very selective about where you choose to go and train. So, do you find have you got yeah. relatively limited choice, or have you got some a reasonable amount of places to go and train? I just train wherever. You know, I'm really yeah. not particularly fussy. I'll train. I mean, I spent the majority of the first lockdown training in my estate. Mm. So I live on the Marden and. Mm. doing loops of the margin because I was trying to avoid the seafront yeah I knew the back like the side roads went on the roads because obviously it was quiet yeah but yeah I did many a loop of, many a loop of the margin estate because there <laughs> are lots of little like I'll cut you know yeah little blocks you can go around to get the distance up and the Broadway is pretty good to be honest yeah yeah I, I the, there is a the cycle path yeah, it's really wide, isn't it? You know, yeah. generally, there's not, there's the big road cross, obviously, when you cross Beach Road. Yeah. But obviously, apart from that, it's literally the miles of straight road. Yeah. Which, which isn't, which obviously, because you've got the side path, it's generally not too busy. Yeah. But I, I so getting, 
back to sort of potentially post lockdown stuff. Have you got a Great North Run sort of in your sights again, or is there anything else that you would like to uh, do? Uh, so I've got a place to do Berlin Marathon oh. in September. Travel. We'll see. So well, that's that's the plan. Yeah. Well, I've done the Ber I've done Berlin twice. I'm not a big road runner, but my wife is, and she's lived in Germany for a time, so very fond of it. So we went and did it in 2008, I think it was, and went back not that long ago when the kids were really small and did it again. Um, and so I don't tend to race on the roads, but I love that race. It's just, I mean, Berlin's just a stunning city. And, and you know, playing to the stereotype that the Germans, but it was really well organised and efficient. <laughs> and uh, and just stunning, really stunning. So we loved it. I hope you, I hope you have a brilliant time. Um, yeah. And uh, oh, there's Alison. It's flat as a pancake as well. Yeah, it is. It's really flat um, and fast. It's a fast course. So yeah, good luck. I hope I hope the race is on, and I hope you get to do it. Uh, <laughs> just for the, for, for the just, listeners' benefit, Alison's just appeared in the background in a big fluffy onesie. Good job, it's a podcast. <laughs> and I'm definitely, uh, we're just having a wave. <laughs> yeah, it's my fault for being in the kitchen. Uh, I'm boy for the, the logistical Smith household reasons as to why I'm in the kitchen. But uh, So Berlin, awesome. That, I mean, I, gosh, I hope it happens. I mean, September, you'd like to think so, wouldn't you? And given the way it's going, but yeah, although it's not it's, so, quite so good on the continent, is it? um no i think to be honest you know that's that's the plan or if not um so last year i did the virtual london marathon oh right um, around north Tyneside. so i i ran from Blythe to time out up fry the and back to back to Blythe. so with my mom being my support bike bless her so if wow. not me and mum are going to do the virtual london again next yeah. year so that'll be that, that's it's kind of a something that must have been quite mentally hard to gear up for doing a marathon in a chair without all the crowds and all the rest of it. And how did you find it? Yes, I loved it. So it was, it was really special because it was obviously, I've, I, again, going back to Tanny, because yeah. I, as you say, we watched I watched Tanny as a child doing London and thinking, I want to do that. Yeah. But so, you know, I'd always been something in my head. It's like, I want to do, I want to do the London marathon. Mm. So, you know, and again, having going back to the fact I've been reading it not very well, I never thought I'd get to do a marathon. It was one of these things that's on my bucket list, but mm. was I ever going to do it? I was like, oh no. And then over the summer, I kind of got up like 15 miles and was like, oh, maybe I could do this. And then got an email through being like, oh, you should do a marathon. You know, there's still places to do virtual London. And then I chatted to a few friends and they were like, oh, why don't you do it? And I was like, yeah. okay. Literally, it was there was no, it wasn't a really long planned thing. It was a because I was meant no. to do Berlin last summer, but obviously, yeah. Happened. So I thought, oh, why don't I just do why London? Not? But actually, it was lovely. There were various people around, so various friends from work, various friends from Polly, mm. who were like dotted around the route. <laughs> yeah. So actually, it was. I had a fantastic day. Brilliant. And it was. It was. It was the weekend in October. And the night on the first Saturday poured with rain. The wind was ridiculous and yeah. it was awful. And the Sunday was the weather was all right, mm. which is obviously the look of North Tyneside, isn't it? Yeah, this is the northeast for you, isn't it? It's it's uh, you just it's a bit of yeah. a lottery. Oh, brilliant! So so you went and just toughed out a marathon, you know, like you do, <laughs> <laughs> and uh, which tells you something about your resolve. Um, and Berlin in the pipeline again fingers crossed that it goes ahead I, and I, I just I hope you love it because 
I, I love it out there. I'm, 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 I'm almost jealous, not that I want to run another marathon, but um, yeah, wonderful stuff. And is there, is there, a, is it a kind of a goal at a time with you? Do you have bigger, do you big, have big goals that you have sight on, or is it just you do one thing and then you think about the next? Because some people have it all planned out. And I think others roll with it a bit more. I think there is, I mean, there's the dream. The dream is I'd love an elite wheelchair time. So, which I realised sounds a bit crazy, but obviously I did the 130 going north road. Um, and actually to do an elite wheelchair time, you need 125. So it's not it's like the realms of possible. Yeah. No, exactly. So that's, I mean, that's the dream. Um, so the dream is to get an elite wheelchair time. And actually for my 10K, I'm like 13 seconds off. My PB is 13 seconds off the 10K. PB, 10K elite wheelchair time. So that's what I'd love. Oh, that's got to be doing. And I think just, yeah, it's, that's the hope. It's have the right course and the right training. And yeah. so that's the plan. I think also just show people that kind of, if I can do it, so can anybody else, do you know, and just me. And I think that's kind of a big thing. And then unfortunately I had a bit of a bad experience with the London Marathon. All right. Part of me, the kind of, um, basically was told by London that if I wasn't going to do it in sub three hours, that I would have to go with my day chair and start at the back of the pack. This was last most, year's London. Most enlightened thing I've ever heard. Mm. Yeah, so, um, so but part of me is absolutely love to kind of train, get us to three hours and go kind of basically screw you. <laughs> you know, you told me you, you told me I couldn't do it. Yeah. Well, I, actually, I I'm getting the impression you know, that that's sorry. Um, I'm getting the impression that's red rag to a bull, that sort of statement to you. Uh, yeah, yeah. I just it was uh, it was you know as I say I've watched Tani do London I've watched all these people do London for all the years and I was like it's so good to get and they got a place to charity so I raised I was raising money for kids which is giving kids wheel you know giving kids a chance of a wheelchair and I was like this is so exciting then finally going to do my dream and then they're like no you can't do it you can't you you know in a sub three hour marathon you know yourself that's that's a crazy time we're not talking. You know, it's, it's a ridiculously quick marathon. Yeah. So, so anyway, yeah. That's disappointing to hear. But, <clears throat> but you've you've been Berlin. It's flat. They're they're obviously more open to um, you know what you need it to be. Um, and yeah, it's, it's got such a cachet anyway. You know, it's it's by no means a poor substitute. So yeah. No, not. So you're you're within. Unlike most people, you are within some kind of shouting distance of that kind of time which is just incredible really and can only I just wish you luck I hope you get it and and I dare say if anybody in the if any, the poly whether as a collective or with individuals within it it's anything they can do to get you to that time I'm sure they will because uh, how many people do we know that have got an Olympic time within the in the grass not many uh, it's not but, an Olympic time it's elite, elite time sorry elite time my apologies it would it would still, it, this would be amazing. Yeah, I, you know, I just think this, this, this that, I mean, it's something stunning about that. So elite times, Berlin Marathon, um, and just getting out of this damn lockdown, although it sounds like you've made, you've, you've embraced it, the positive elements of the, the, the lockdown, because some people have found it very difficult. They've struggled to connect. Others have really used it as an opportunity to connect. Uh, and you know it, it says a lot about your personality that and all the other things you've said about just 
you know, focusing on the art of the possible and, and the positive rather than anything else. And I mean, does, <clears throat> I mean, that is that your personality driven by that you have a disability or is it just the way you are and there's no it's not just because of that is it just your disposition I'm always intrigued by this probably just me to be just honest you. I think probably my parents my parents brought me up to be like well you're the same as your sister do you know yeah it is you know I can actually walk and I, I can actually walk and I think because I was born with what I've got actually my parents were like well you can do what you can you you know you can do what your sister can do in yeah. the conversation and actually, yeah. I think that yeah and therefore I have you know mm. I think it was probably I was thinking I was thinking very lucky that my parents had that kind yeah. of outlook is actually you know you just get up with it very pragmatic like, it is what it is right what do you want to do we'll find a way of doing it and it, that's yeah that's sort of because that's the sort of attitude that goes gets people out to do marathons like you know on spec you know what I mean You're like well, I could plan for it for months so I'll just go out and do it you know and, and, and there are literally people... I, I decided in the middle mid-August I was going to run it and uh, ran it in October yeah literally right. so not not that you know three or four or five month lead in or whatever because some people spend it all year training for a marathon don't they uh, I think when I did yeah, it yeah I mean I I've, I've had, I hope my mile it you know I ran a lot in lockdown purely to stay hmm. sane you know, and it's a social thing, you know, when obviously I ran to begin with, say, saying working in the NHS is stressful, but then also when you could run with people, I ran to be sociable. Yeah. And therefore I already had decent mileage because, you know, you run a lot because you run with people and you run yeah, to... Just what it is. If you're having a bad day or whatever. Do you ever use the track? I'm always intrigued by that. Is the track, is that something that works for you or is it the bend's too tight or the I, I, right? me, me and the track, have a very turbulent relationship. I, right. I I I find the track really difficult. I will I do two track sessions, but I find it very difficult. Yeah. Because you know I I'm probably as a wheelchair racer, you it's more about kind of endurance and momentum. Mm -hmm. So if you compare the like David Weirs of this world, they can do a one thirty one thirty marathon. They are crazy quick. Mm -hmm. You know they do the greatest one in forty five minutes. What? But actually to do ten. Oh yeah, they do the greatness only for seven minutes. It's ridiculous. <laughs> I'm not even. I'm, yeah, I'm not kidding. But that's that, like, if you ask Hannah Cox, I think like 100 meters they do in like 16, 17 seconds. So it takes a while to get going. Yeah, yeah. But once you're moving, you're moving. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. But I think the resistance of the track can be quite difficult because obviously it's rubbery and bouncy. Yeah. But it's not the smooth road. Because I was at the track today. Because and obviously I knew we were going to speak in today, and I did a track session yesterday, just on my own. And I'd, obviously the track's newly open; I've been on it for months. And track's not my favourite surface either, but I don't have an, any excuse. It's just it hurts when I run on the track. Um, <laughs> <laughs> don't like it. But um, and I always tease the track athletes about only running short distances. But the truth is, they 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 it hurts. And, uh, yeah. and but what I, I was running yesterday thinking about, oh, I'm talking to Cat tomorrow. And I thought, I wonder what it's, this is bouncy track. I wonder what it's like, you know, trying to negotiate the bends, the surface. And, and when you're on the track, do you have to go when there's not many people about, or can you do a session like a normal club session? Because I imagine the logistics are a bit, a bit difficult. I have done a normal club session. All right. I do a normal club session. Um, yeah. 
wheelchairs, racing wheelchairs have a, I can't remember what it's called, a compensator, that's what it's called, where basically you hit it and it basically turns the front wheel so that you go around the bend. Yeah. So it's what they're like a link wheelchair you basically use. So actually you don't have to see it, you just can hit this thing and it basically goes around the bend so for you. So well, like two settings straight yeah. on and round the bend. Yeah, exactly. So you go around the bend. So actually bends are not such a problem. Oh, right. I mean, just, so, you know, you obviously have to hit it and then continue. Yeah. But it's not the kind of steering that you would have to do yeah, otherwise. I did wonder. And yeah, I do that sessions. Yeah. And but yeah, they're not they're not they're definitely not my favourite, put it that way. <laughs> Nor mine, but I've got no excuse. Yeah. Uh, I've just been I'm just being soft. So it's I mean it, it's fascinating just listening to the the the, the, the I was going to say the differences, but to, to my mind, the, the most interesting thing about all of this are the similarities or the, between whether you're a wheelchair athlete or not. The, the, the same um, kind of, uh, I suppose, the same sort of ambitions, the same struggles, the same plagued by illness and injury and, 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 and all of that sort of stuff. There's a lot more in the, you know, this event diagram between you know, wheelchair athletes and me there's a lot more in the overlap than there is outside it, which is something I'd never really thought about, but it actually stands to reason, doesn't it? We're all trying to improve our athleticism at the end of the day. It, it, it's just a matter of, um, I guess, method, you know, and yeah, I think that's really shone out of this conversation because I was thinking, oh, I was going to be able to learn loads about, um, about the whole notion of, of wheelchair athletics. And what I've, what I've been hearing is, an athlete rather than a wheelchair athlete if that makes any sense it, it's much more about yeah, no, athletic totally. goals rather than right okay i'm in this chair it's not not it's not irrelevant clearly it's massively relevant but it, it it's only part of the conversation i've really enjoyed that it's been quite intriguing because we all got into athletics i imagine by watching people we admired for you it was tanny gray because there's an obvious synergy there you know for me it was it was so on the, some of the fell runners that I always admired when I was younger and mountaineers as well that's my thing and actually the stories aren't that different it's just that there are key differences uh, I think there's something in that and it's the same I mean the last week I saw Charlotte Penfold who's a you know, elite athlete of, in, in, and she was younger and I was hearing more things I recognized and things that I knew nothing about because it's all it's just about talent levels in, 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 in all the rest of it so one of the things that I think this podcast helps with is certainly selfishly uh, so much of it is you know joyously similar talking to lots of very different people you now you, you and it's Jonathan and Hugh and <laughs> yeah, no, I, yeah. there's, a, there's more more that unites us and divides us I think it's fascinating uh, I mean I, I've, I've really enjoyed this chat I think it's been wonderful um, and I, I'm just crossing my fingers for Berlin for you. I, a, I hope it goes on, and B, I hope you nail it. And, uh, and if the first one happens, I'm sure the second one will. So, <laughs> so, but thank you for an absolutely lovely chat. And uh, honestly, yeah, I just, that's all right. I just wish you so much luck. I hope it goes well. I'm looking forward to seeing you down at the club. And I won't give you such a wide berth next time. Yeah, no, no, because no, you're pretty nimble in that bloody thing. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Okay. Thanks, Kat. Thanks, Mark. Okay. Take care. Bye. It's just nice. I think.